Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of A Black Man Sketch, Season 3, Episode 5. I'm one of your hosts, Bryant Brown, joined with me today by my co-host. Hey, everybody. How you doing? My name Kai. And Tino. Hey, buddy. This is Wes. And Joseph. Today, we want to talk about the education system. Um, education is the most critical uh, piece in establishing Structure, finance, uh, social class, everything in the United States. And it is one of the most difficult hurdles um, on the journey to equality faced by myself and millions of African-Americans in this country. And uh, today we want to talk about how the education system affects most of our lives and how it's impacted us personally and as a whole, and society here. And um, I got the guys here with me today. And the first question I want to start out for you fellas is, uh, uh, why do you think they didn't want to let us read in the first place? <laughs> I feel like, it's Kai, everybody. Uh, I feel like, honestly, because, I mean, what we already, what we knew by ourselves without even reading the book, look at what, what we doing, what we accomplished so far. So right. I feel like that's the reason. Right. Uh, this is Santino. Um, I believe that they just wanted all our knowledge to die with our ancestors, to be honest. Um, they wanted to basically rewrite history into now you see today Christopher Columbus discovered America and all the other unnecessary, what we're going to call them, uh, fibs, unnecessary fibs we got today that we've been reading in these books. They just basically wanted us to forget where we came from, basically. Hey, y'all, this is Joseph. Uh, I think that they didn't want us to read because there was a lot of information and a lot of history in the books that were that were available. So they knew if we if we started reading, um, it would it would bring us knowledge. And once you got knowledge, you got some sort of power and uh, and whatever space you can be in, you can you can get as much power as you can get if you read. So I think that's why they probably tried to hide the books from us in the first place. Um, myself, I, Brian here, you know, there's many reasons why they wouldn't want to let us read. And, um, you know, communication is essential to any type of society, um, foundation, structure, whatever you want to call it. You know, when you have a group of people together, they have to know how to communicate so without being able to read, we had no way to give each other directions to freedom and just the overall oppression, just keeping people where they're at, keeping us infant-minded and as close to animals. It goes into why the jail, uh, it's connected to me, why the jail cells are so small, um, why we're, we're not allowed to read, education is hindered from us. Yeah, I just think it's that overall stunt of growth, not ever allowing us to reach our full potential in our minds to grow um, and develop. But uh, Wes, you're up. Um, why do you think they didn't want us to read, brother? To keep us under their thumb. A <laughs> simple answer for a simple question. Each one of us here at this table, and I know many others out there have been affected um, by a form of oppression um, in one way or another throughout their education. And I want you guys to just let everyone know um, what are some of the ways society oppresses us, black men, through the education system. Uh, Brother Kai, we'll start out with you. You're up first. 
Uh, okay, I'm gonna start off with misinformation in schools. I feel like there's a lot of misinformation in a lot of the schools out now, and not only that, the teachers don't even understand their own curriculum. Like, I've even had a teacher tell me, like, I don't even know what's going on. The state's doing most of this stuff, so like, the states are the ones controlling everything. You feel me? So, um, but I believe there's a di- there's a diff- disadvantage for African American the power we have and the things that we already do know is already too much for them. So imagine us being taught everything that we're supposed to know. Right. Uh, I don't re- I don't even remember being taught Black history at my school, like at all. So, uh, and that's a public school. So just just packets, homework, and conspiracies, like stuff that that could be easily made up and brought to me. Right. Right. I feel it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of bad info out there, and it's a lot of repetitive info. You know, they tell us Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. and we talk about that for February every year. You ever wonder why you're talking about the same thing in eighth grade as you were in fourth grade? Like, why doesn't it change as kids get older? Because the state's got a hold of it. <laughs> uh, Brother West, you let us know one or a few of the ways societies oppress Brothers through the education system. Well, um, kind of continuing off with what you and Kyle was just talking about, the part about um, why black history is the same every month or whatever. I mean, that's to keep the to keep the narrative that we're just slaves on black people, which I violently disagree with. But one thing I wanted to point out is as we as black people struggle education wise and struggle to grow in that realm, we struggle to, you know, reach places like college and get these certificates and degrees and things of that nature. Right. So we can't, and we, um, for lack of a better term, fail to be in that, those areas of society. Me, myself, when I was 19, I attempted to try to go to the Art Institute of New York City in Manhattan for graphic design for various reasons. And I mean, one thing I struggle with that we struggle with a lot is paying the the tuition, okay. student loans, the supplies, the books, and even surviving to eat and right. travel. Right. You know what I mean, so yeah, that's that's what that's what um that's how it affects me from my perspective. All right, all right. Um, yeah, brother Tino. Um, same question for you. What are some of the ways society oppresses brothers through the education system? Well, from my own personal um experiences um you know they don't really care about our problems outside of school when we come in school we supposed to just abide by their rules do whatever they say um a lot of the times a lot of these brothers are having issues like as is me i had was in foster care for 15 years um a lot of things at home wouldn't let me focus at school because i didn't know if i was going to be packing my bags when i got home or social worker was going you know what i'm saying be there to grab me or me going back to mental hospitals or whatever what was going on in my life um what they do is basically when they have a problematic child or as they think there's a problematic child they'll slap you with iep then they'll put you in a confined classroom so you're not in popular general uh general ed no more and they basically they don't teach at all they they give you a packet tell you to do it and that's it. And in most of the black history classes that I was in was taught by a white teacher. Um, 
which I don't understand how she will be able to tell me about my history at all. And majority of the pages in that uh, black history was talking about how a white man conquered our people. So it, it was just like, um, I really don't really understand none of this anyways. Um, they pass a lot of our, our, you know what I'm saying? Our race through, through high school, basically saying like you graduated, but you still don't know a lick of nothing. Um, I, me personally, I can tell you right now, uh, a lot of people just wait for the extra credit and they do all the extra credit. And then at the last two weeks, you'll have a 4.0. It's that easy to finesse the school system. That is really that easy because that's how I got through it. But I understood that and I had dropped out and waited for a school, which was called CYDI, Community Youth Development Institute, on the south side of Chicago. Great school. If you know, if anybody from Chicago listening to this, definitely check out uh, Community Youth Development Institute. Um, they basically paid me to get a trade. They paid me to, uh, yeah, they paid me. Uh, it's called Youth Build. You know, they paid me to come to school, get a trade, uh, learn how to use my hands, become more socially aware. Um, and it was actually ran by a majority of black people. You know what I'm saying? So I got that education. But when it goes to public schools, I feel like they're just trying to push their agenda, uh, their agenda to make us working class people. That's really all they care about, mostly. They really don't care if you become smart or not because think about it. We got people today with bachelor's, master's degrees, and they still can't even get into the position that they want, that they just work so hard for. They're still working at McDonald's and, and White Castle's, probably a manager or something, you know? So, I mean, the ways they hold us back is they just basically slap us with an IEP, put us in alternative schools. If we fail, so what? If we win, okay, but you still ain't learn nothing. That's just the whole point of it all. It's just to keep us grounded at a certain point. Our potential will never come out fully. Uh, personally, for me, some ways that um, my education was hindered um, I would say there wasn't there wasn't many ways that affected my life um, to the point where I felt like the school I was in was against me. But there was a lot of um, there was a lot of things that the people that were in the school, like just certain individuals that eventually weren't working there, and and then my um, my experience changed, but. There will be certain individuals that are allowed to be in these positions in schools with with these students that make certain comments or they won't um, they might not motivate you or they'll they'll say certain things to you that'll just be super micro microaggressive um, to kind of make you or tear you down and, and just make you not want to not want to come back to school or or just cause a, another problem to keep you distracted from class or just anything that teachers or anybody with authority or power in the school building, if they, if they have something against you, they, they will use that authority and power to, to make sure that you get knocked off of your path. And I just feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that shouldn't be in those positions that are allowed in those positions. And that also comes with the people letting them in those positions also shouldn't be allowed in those positions so it's, it's, it goes back a, a really, really long, long history of, of, uh, of people 
creating institutions that are really just built on white supremacy. So it's almost like it was, well, it is like we, it was never meant for us to win in the first place. Yeah. And then another thing, um, some, a lot of these teachers, I, for, for some reason, they found it okay to tell a student, it don't matter to me if you learn or not, I'm getting my paycheck right now. Cause I showed up, you know, I heard that so many times. Teachers are getting hired from the resumes off the internet and they're not from the neighborhoods that they teach in. It's almost like the police. You have to care about the neighborhood that you work in, that you serve. And it's just a free for all nowadays. You know, you could post your app on Indeed and get called for a job in Texas tomorrow. They don't, they don't care about that type of stuff anymore. So you do get some of these teachers that cannot relate to the students at all. And, that's in a problem. Um, you got a problem with keeping kids interested nowadays. And it's like myself, I'm right there with Joseph. You know, I, I could say I had a fair shot with my education, but I also had a great resource in having older black people around me that let me know what was fake and what was real. And so I was able to know that a lot of what I was getting at school was fake, but to just do it anyway because that's what's expected of you. Um, and, you know, you need to finish school. So just, you know, it's some of it's bull crap, but just do it. And I was able to do that. But um, there's so many ways in which we get an unfair shake just with how the entire school system is built. It was designed with uh, Jim Crow laws in mind to keep us separate. And they say it's separate but equal, but now... It's supposed to be equal, whatever, you know, it ain't equal and we're, we're separated. Um, when they separate you by school districts, you got to think of when you have low income people in the same neighborhood, all in one project, you know, you don't have an option of where your kids go to school. You go to the school up the street. So when you get a gifted kid coming out of a situation of poverty, they don't get an equal opportunity. You know, there could be a genius in the ghetto that goes unnoticed because they're not allowed a fair shot. And um, also um, this miseducation, um, going back to what Brother Tino had mentioned, um, all we're taught is that this country was found, conquered, and dominated by white people. You know, Martin Luther King was peaceful. So the best thing you should do is take this inequality and be peaceful about it. Matter of fact, just be quiet, like like Rosa Parks. Just sit down, you know what I mean? And we just get that over and over and over and over. And I feel like our real leaders, the Nat Turners of the world, um, so many other people, you know, they, they go. And there's a reason why they go unidentified throughout history. Our next question is uh, a little bit better for the, for the spirits. Uh, <laughs> We want to go around and know, you know, on changing the narrative now for the future, for the next generation, for the, the young brothers coming up. We want to give them, you know, everything that they need and all the tools that they have uh, so that they don't have to go through what we what we went through. You know what I mean? Um, what can the current generation of black men do to change the narrative for the next generation of up and coming students? 
What can the current generation of black men do to change the narrative for the next generation of students? Uh, little to most, no, I think it's being, I think the change is being demonstrated by our generation because you have a lot of people coming up with independent businesses and stuff like that. A lot of digital creators, you know what I mean? Okay. And when we, we get, we end up self-teaching our stuffs. We end up self-teaching ourselves stuff that we couldn't go to school for. You know what I mean? With Google and YouTube and things like that. And so for younger people around us that have these interests that can't find schooling for it or whatever the case may be, we can teach them. And I mean, we can we can set stuff up in the community for them to, to demonstrate and teach them how to do whatever it is they want to do because it's people, it's people that's doing it, whether it's working on a car or some artistic or, you know, learning about money, anything. But I mean, not some, not some little after school program where you come for an hour and a half and, and draw pictures and leave. You know what I mean? You eat crackers and cheese. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, actually, you know, give me something. You know what I mean? You're saying like a community yeah. trade development? Yeah. For every community? <laughs> yeah, man, I felt that. That boy know he was up in that chewing on them. <laughs> in the coloring right. books and stuff. <laughs> With that, I pass. All right. My brother Tino, what can the current generation of us brothers do to change the narrative? Future brothers coming up. Man, it's crazy because it's going to have to be up to us because I just looked up the budget for war. The budget for war is... Where it just go? The budget for war is $886.3 billion. Wow. The budget for education is $175.81 billion. Now, look at that difference. Look at the budget saying our all of our money, our money is in war. It's just in the wrong places, period. At this point, I just feel like more of us need to stop the glamour, need to stop buying the jewelry. Need to stop buying the cars. Need to stop just wanting to flex. Oh, I got Gucci. I got Dior. You know what I'm saying? You need to go ahead and build your schools. You know what I'm saying? Build your own community again. You know? Find now find out some different way so you can help put workshops in actual hands-on back in school. You know, sitting at a book for six hours and having a little lunch break, a little gym session, it gets played out. You know, but when you a kid can sit there, you know what I'm saying, and know what he wants to do in life, and he can go to school, wake up every day, you know what I'm saying, go work on a car at school, get his credits for that. By the time he's out of school, that man could be a full blown mechanic somewhere working. He don't even gotta go to college. That's how good uh, we need our high schools. But I'm not trying to cancel out college. Don't get me wrong. You can still go get a further education in college. But still, I feel like we just got to build our own schools. You know, have our own curriculum. Stop worrying about the 5013Cs and the grants. No, use each other so you ain't got to depend on the government and the taxpaying money. You know what I'm saying? You just need to go ahead and work on it with, your, with ourselves, and we'll be just fine. Wonderful knowledge right there. Um uh, Brother Joe, what can the current generation of black men do to change the narrative for the next generation of students? Personally, um, what I feel like has worked for me and for others is for us to continue uh, showing up in spaces and being role models to the younger generation. Right. 
and not only being the role model, but also continuing to look the way we do. Because right now we see a lot of people who may look like us, but they're not doing the most positive things. So if we continue to look the same way we do and talk how we talk, but change what we're doing, then I feel like that can um, that can really influence the younger people that are watching us. Absolutely. Powerful, powerful. Um, Brian here. Um, I think there's so much power that's out there and it's free and we're just not utilizing it. As a community, I think it starts with us getting out here and joining school boards, flooding those, um, all these parent-teacher organizations and communities, signing up for things like that, and um, being present in our students and our kids' lives and being active in their schools. Um, We're about to have a whole generation of present black fathers, I hope which will immensely change the tide in our favor. Yeah, for the current generation of black men, I just want us to get out there and be present, you know, get on these school boards, um, every PTO, every activity that we can, encourage our our kids. Hey, everybody, it's Kai, man. My closing statement for this would be we just need better role models and people that actually want to do change. You know, um... Just a lot of misinformation and stuff that I wish I would have learned when I was in school. So, you know, having to learn it now outside is just crazy. But that's stuff that we can teach the youth, too. So it's to know again. Um, um, I don't got too much more to say. Just, you know, as far as black folks, I just hope that you'll be willing to actually lend an ear, listen and understand the information that we're trying to give to you before we can actually be role models to you. Um, I know a lot of uh, young brothers don't have patience. They already feel as they found their routes and everything, but it's time for a different change, you know, different way, and it's possible. I just want you to brothers to know we believe in you, and we want you to do better, and it's going to get better. This West, and what I want to say is that the, despite of the plight that black people are going through, what I've gone through, what brothers in this room going through, and not to take away from the, you know, the institution, the school education, but I've learned a whole heck of a lot more outside outside of school than I did in school. And as I get older, I plan on passing that down to the next generation. Um, I agree with all the brothers when we say that black, uh, the um, black community needs better role models. And, I mean, I just want to say from us, we here, we're around. You know what I mean? We, we're that generation of role models now. So with that, I pass. It's Joseph. Uh, I appreciate um, just being being able to participate in this episode of A Black Man Sketch. It was, it was, uh, it was an honor. And uh, I'm excited to, to continue to, to be doing this throughout the year. All right, for sure. Welcome on board. Um, Brian here. I just want everybody to pay attention and... Uh, Get out here and help help out with these schools, man. Um, every dollar counts. Every opportunity to lend a hand counts. Every fundraiser, every uh, opportunity to join something, to be a part of something, and to help out and contribute to the education of our kids' future. Also, the home education of our kids, letting them know what's real, what really happened, and what it really is as far as our black history. 
You can listen to a black man sketch wherever you get your podcast. And if you have a question, a comment, or like to suggest a show, you can email us at abms at ujamaplace.org. Ujama Place serves the most marginalized population in society, primarily African-American men ages 18 to 30, providing holistic transformation for men experiencing inequity at the intersection of race and poverty. Ujama Place helps them achieve brotherhood, stability, and personal success. Join us for an info session Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit ujamaplace.org.